Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. It is mailbag day. A Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Scott Belford. uh, Joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. This is the walk-off. Thank you so much to all the Grounds crew members who constantly... Fill our inboxes and comment sections with your comments and questions. We do comb through everything, all of your interaction every single week. You can always get a hold of us by dropping your comments on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio form, feel free to follow on Instagram or Twitter at Walk Off Podcast on Twitter, the Walk Off Podcast on Instagram, and you can just shoot us a DM. We're very uh, on top of that, so easy to get a hold of us. You can join the Discord if you're not already a member. All you need to do is send us a DM. We will send you a link and away you go. I know we've uh, grown our Discord pretty substantially over the last month or so. So 20 plus new members, I think there are in there and constantly chatting and talking Blue Jays. And I know during the trade deadline, uh, there were a couple members that were like, it's almost a full-time job being in Discord. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, yeah, lots, lots of baseball talk. Feel free to reach out to us on discord as well as we also comb through there every single week okay that's basically how you get a hold of us we do this every tuesday let's get to her here adam okay um comment oh number... we should mention to the patreon bump if you're a patreon member automatic you get your your questions and comments into the mailbag you get the patreon bump that's four bucks a month which gives you Instant access to all our interviews. I know we're releasing Jay Jackson, member of the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. That was a really fun little interview we did last week. Of course, all the Patreon members didn't need to wait for that. They had instant access as of Wednesday afternoon last week when we finished the interview. Uh, I know Davis Schneider's interview is doing really well. We put that out three days ago. That's been available since we talked to him last month. So again, if you want that priority privilege and you want to get that uh, the bump for your comments, that's how you do it. There you go. Okay, question number one comes from the comment section on YouTube. Uh, Benjamin says, look at Biggio's last 30 game stats. He's killing it, and I'd absolutely get rid of Espinal over him because there's still potential. We've never seen the best of Kevin Biggio. So yesterday on Long Toss, uh, more like a game of catch. There's only two of us for most of the show. but uh, Yeah. And then Lewis joined halfway through and just sat in Which the waiting is, room. And I didn't notice. And then... I felt so bad because it's funny. I messaged you being like, Lewis is going to show up in five to ten minutes. And then you texted me, tell him not to worry about it. But I was busy. I didn't even see that text. And then I opened Twitter and everything like an hour and a half later. And Lewis is like, I'm here. I'm it's, still here. How do I get on? <laughs> it's nothing against Lewis. Jen and I just got into a rhythm. We had already yeah. kind of blown through 80% of the topics. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to bring him on and be like, well, let's go back to the start and rehash yes. those five things. Right. Because I know what's going to happen is he's, and again, this isn't an anti-Lewis thing. I would do the same thing if I came in. I'd be like, well, I don't know what you guys just said about these yeah. topics, 
but here's what, so, and then it was just going to be a full rehab. It would have been so, and then, yeah. of course, we brought him in, and that's exactly what happened and was with the one top. <laughs> we just went over the Anthony Rizzo thing, and it was just it was clumsy at yeah. the end, and it was just, <sighs> anyways, long toss. Uh, we still got through it, so it was good. We had like 100 plus people in the live chat. It was a really good episode. Amazing. So, yeah. So anyways, one of the things we talked about was the roster crunch coming up mm-hmm. uh the fact that we do have guys coming back i think they're on the 10 or 15 day il right now bo's on the 10 day il uh romano trevor richards both on the 15 day il these are guys that even if they're not Need ready spots. even if they're not ready yeah. at the end of their il stint they're not getting moved to the 60 day il no because that would basically finish their season so even if they're still two weeks away they're getting moved to the active roster. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, Espinal, Biggio, Davis Schneider. The question was if Davis Schneider continues to just rake. Here's a question for you, because Jen and I, unfortunately, kind of came to the same conclusion. Was like, let's flash forward to this Friday, because I think Bo's time on the IL is up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. misquote me on that whatever if it's friday then move what i'm saying back a day you get the point if david schneider is still hitting 500 is he still the guy that gets sent down just because of like roster management like or asset control like he's the guy with options he's the whatever whereas uh Biggio has the service time to decline being set down like so had you asked me this before davis schneider's debut i would say there is nothing he could possibly do <laughs> to not be that guy right called you know yo-yoed back down All right. so if i ask you the morning of game one in Boston. I say, what can he do to even keep his job 10 days from now? You're like, nothing. He's going to enjoy your cup of coffee, enjoy your pay raise. And uh, we'll see him maybe when rosters expand again in September. Exactly. And that's a hundred percent what I would have said, but honestly, dude, he found the one thing. (laughs) He, the energy that he provided this club when they needed it, the absolute most, I can't, think of a comparable within this Blue Jays roster without going back literally almost a decade. The guy showed up when they needed him most and provided power, provided hits, provided energy, provided an excitement that this team of veterans hadn't even, and that when I say veterans, I mean like, I know, I know Vlad's 24, I know Bo's 25. They've been in the bigs for six years almost, you know, know. like these are guys that have been playing baseball with this team since they were 19. And, you know, you kind of get in that rhythm and maybe when you're not hitting and, you know, there's all the talk of runners in scoring position, you can become complacent and down and out and lack that energy that a debut to this kind of extent can provide. So, Honestly, I'm at the point now where I think Espinal is truly, truly on the bubble, dude. And I think it would be a big mistake for them come Friday if they do need to move somebody 
to make it be Davis Schneider, even if Schneider doesn't really continue to hammer things like he, I mean, he's not going to hit 700 for the rest of the freaking time in so? the bigs, right? <laughs> right? I mean, he, he didn't have a hit yesterday and he's still hitting 550, you, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> um, he looked good and left. I like the idea that they can move him around the diamond a little bit. He plays second base and he plays it well. He has reps at third base. He's even taken a few starts at shortstop and AAA this year. He is a versatile dude. And for what he's providing at the plate right now, I don't change a dang thing. And if that means Espinal being sent down, that's maybe the move you got to do. Now, yeah, the only looking thing at, I, do, uh, I do... Sorry, looking at David Schneider's minor league uh, history, he has about 45% of his games at third base, 40% at second base, and then the other like mm-hmm. 10 to 15% yeah. mixed between the outfield and shortstop. So. Yeah. Yeah, his his primary position is obviously second and third. And I think that... Uh, what was Who was the question from? Question from Benjamin. Benjamin is is correct in saying that Kevin Biggio has done a really good job in the last month of making this less of a decision between him and Espinal and really putting SB on the hot seat. Well, the only me, thing I let will me, let me read out back. the numbers here. Uh, please, please. So Espinal, I'm going to go since the All Star breaks. So this is since July fifteenth. Yes. Um, Espinal batting average two twenty nine. OPS 632 and then, you know, doubles and home runs all kind of slot out from there as you'd expect. So 229 batting average, OPS 632. Kevin Biggio, take a guess at his batting average since the All-Star break. 330. Yeah, you fucking guessed way too high. 318. Okay. So, <laughs> I didn't guess is... too high. I did put a day. I should have. I knew better. Yeah, you than always got to come in low. It's like yeah. when someone's like, guess how much I got this car for. You always guess like yeah. way, you know, if it's a good deal, you want to guess whatever so that they feel like their answer yeah. is like more impressive. Yes. Right. Yes. So you fucked me. there. I really screwed you over here. Because 318 is a good number. I know. It's a great but number. But now it feels like, <laughs> oh, well, it's not. It could be better. It's not 330. It's not 330. <laughs> Anyways, 318. Guess what his OPS was, Scott? 750 964 thank you you did your job thank you i learned my lesson all right 964 ops uh since the all-star break for kevin bichio in 13 games so one thing i will say i really do like what benjamin is saying and i think that uh bichio has done a really good job especially this year of developing himself into a very good bench utility guy which is something most major league players struggle with it is an incredibly difficult spot to be put in this the ability to be consistent when you're not given regular playing time is such a random and tough skill set that requires real mental toughness and the ability to just kind of separate yourself from the highs and lows and that's something i think that Kevin is learning to do Listen, I will push back a little bit about Benjamin's, how he ended the comment of, we don't know Biggio's, well, how did he put it, his, his what's we left in the tank? Yeah, still potential, we haven't seen the best. I'd, I disagree with that. I don't think that there is any more potential that we haven't seen within Kevin Biggio. However, that said, I think 
the ability to learn how to be a really good bench piece is something not a lot of guys can do and may keep Cavan on this team and in the big leagues long term. Something that has been kind of on the bubble the last couple of years because he's not an everyday player. He has proven that time and time again. You give him everyday reps, he is going to disappoint you. But my goodness, if you can use a dude like Vigio, who is very versatile, can play all these different positions and is showing some power at the plate this year, something that he hadn't really done much of up until now. Yeah, I love to see it. So Santiago Espinal has played 61 games this season. We know from our conversation comparing him to Bo last week, uh, he has seven errors on the season. Kevin mm-hmm. um, Biggio has played 70 games this season. He has played second base, right field, first base, and third base. In 70 games, how many errors does Kevin Biggio have? And now, I know this isn't the be-all, end-all of defensive yes. prowess. Metrics, by any means. But it does say something. So how many errors does Kevin Biggio have through 70 games, which is more than Espinal this season? Four. He has one error. Wow. See, and that's very impressive. Again, anytime a guy can step in in a platoon situation off the bench and provide above-average defense and a little bit of power, I mean, I've been really impressed with Kevin this year. He's been in a really difficult spot with the roster crunch and who they brought in and, you know, the fact that, you know, Varsho and Belt has taken so many at-bats away from Kevin, the only, like last year, Kevin was the only lefty they could pretty much go to, even though he didn't provide much of anything. So, no, great job on Kevin. I agree 100% with Benjamin. The pressure is on Espinal now. I don't think Davis Schneider has to worry too much about it if he just continues to get slotted into the lineup and doing what he's doing. I'm not even saying hit 700, but if he can hit 250 and provide some pop, I think Davis Schneider's safe. I think Espy is the one who should be grabbing his collar and going, yikes. Yeah, yikes. Um, Okay, let's move on from there then. So from Patreon, Marcus G says, Hey, gents, weekly question for the mailbag. Um, He ends it with thanks. Feel free to cut for length. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to circumcise this question. Um, and we're going to go with the gist of it is there's three off days in August. We currently have a six-man pitching rotation, which already means extra rest uh, for the starting pitchers. So Marcus wants to know, are we going to go five-man rotation? Like on the the sixth day of rest, is someone going to get skipped over in these particular instances? How do we approach this? Depth is a funny thing, isn't it? Because you have depth, and we see it time and time again. You have depth until you don't, right? You're like, what are we going to do with all these bullpen pieces until Romano and Richards hits the IEL? Just yesterday, Hinjin Ryu, buddy, putting on a clinic, hitless, through four innings, takes that 98-mile-an-hour comebacker off the knee, makes the play, and then goes down. And yes, they did do an MRI, and it came out clean. It is a bone bruise. Who knows? That could wind up making him miss a start. It's not going to be long-term. But you don't know how things are going to play out over the next seven weeks of baseball that remains. And until you need to make those roster decisions, 
Uh, you just go with the flow because you just don't know what's going to happen. So who knows? These days off might mean nothing because Ryu might literally miss a start or two because of this. Um, now, if not, I think you do need to strut Ryu back out there because, wow, did he ever impress me. Man, he was hitting his spots with that disgusting, what is it, the slurve, right. whatever you want. to Like, it was ridiculous what he was doing for his second start back after 426 days not pitching in the bigs. Like, I, I am not, I know there were so many people after that first start from Ryu, Twitter was just toxic as hell. People were actually saying, DFA Ryu. Let's get rid of all of our depth. Why even have starting pitching when we can just strut out Gosman every day? Like I sometimes, sometimes I don't understand, but you know, you're going to go with a six man rotation for the rest of August. If you can, if nothing else, just the fact that Barrios, Gosman and Bassett, all very, very veteran dudes are all on pace to break their career records. You know, it's not like these are new pitchers without track right. records and, easy to beat innings limits. So the fact that they're all on pace to break their, their career records for innings pitched in a year, I think you do need to kind of scale things back a little bit, give these guys some breathers, especially the fact that both Bassett and Gossman, if you look at their stats, pitch better on six days rest, and so does Ryu. So if half of your staff is pitching better with a little extra rest, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Now, the only problem is going to be the bullpen crunch because when you go with a six-man rotation, you can only go – you only have 13 pitcher spots. So going with an extra man in your rotation means there's one less dude in the bullpen. And there are some guys obviously coming back from injury, right? We we haven't even touched on tra- Chad Green, who is literally doing mm-hmm. rehab starts in AAA as we speak, right? Jay Jackson has been unbelievable. Like – He's probably going to be the odd man out and going to be sent down mid-August and then called back up when rosters expand in September, which is going to be such a bummer because, I mean, he's the only guy on this roster with an ERA in the bullpen under one. I mean, Tim Mays has been flirting with it all year, but we are having some literal career years out of some of these veteran guys in the bullpen that cannot be ignored. And so you just got to go with the flow. When these guys come back, we don't know. When the roster crunch is going to happen, knock on wood that there aren't any more bad tacos. Uh, Chad Green, by the way, for anybody curious, two uh, two appearances in AAA uh, as of right now, two and two-thirds innings, he's given up one hit, zero runs, zero walks, and three strikeouts. So, mm-hmm. And for those of you curious, his velo looks good. He's hitting 98, so... Honestly, Chad Green is going to be a big boost to the back end of this bullpen. And if all of a sudden you have Chad Green, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Romano, Tim Meza, and, you know, a a healthy Trevor Richards, like that might be the best bullpen in baseball. Yeah. Um, And that's saying something. Okay. um, Are you a soy sauce guy? Like when you do like a chicken fried rice, you add in soy sauce? Yeah. I'm not crazy with it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, okay. I dabble. I, I like a good soy sauce. I'm a, a China lily guy. Which, okay. You know, the the junk of all soy sauces, but that's my that's my go-to. Yeah. Um soy sauce is the pitching depth of the condiment world. Like yes. when you're adding soy sauce to your rice, you're like, I do not have enough on here. I can't even taste it. And then you add like one mm-hmm. more drop and you're like that I've added I put way too much in here. <laughs> 
And that's where we're at with pitching depth, where it's like, we have no depth at starting pitcher. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what are we going to do with all this depth? Like, I got to add more yeah. rice to the oh, starting pitcher. Oh, there's too much soy sauce. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There's your uh, food analogy of the day we got there. We did it in under 20 minutes, so that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there's the there's the pitching talk. Um, on YouTube, we got a question from Brian Kettleboater. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, said, when do expanded rosters kick in? That might help. I think they can add a spot or two. Love this question. And we actually double checked because this rule has changed numerous times with the COVID seasons and what has gone on and taxi squads and all of that. But the answer is September 1st. Rosters expand from 26 to 28, so they get two extra spots, probably a position player and a bullpen piece will be added. So like I mentioned with Jay Jackson, he's the most likely dude if they do have a guy like Green that's coming back or Romano, he's probably going to be sent down and then called back up in September. And I think he's probably even expecting that. We talk a little bit about it in the interview we had with him, which is out tomorrow, by the way, so you can watch for that on our YouTube page. Uh, speaking of interviews, tip of the hat to everyone who has watched the Davis Schneider interview. Cause we had so many really positive comments about it and just uh, some really cool stuff. So that's also on our YouTube page. If you haven't watched the Davis Schneider interview, do yourself a favor. It's a fun little interview and it really gives some insight into what the kid has dealt with over the last six years in the minor leagues before getting his major league debut. Um, also just as a random one-off when it comes to interviews, we did get a comment yesterday from seventies fan 17 said, just seeing this now, I was a big Sean green fan and it was a pleasure to see this interview. Thanks. So we did, uh, oh, nice. spend a full hour with Sean green, um, of the Sean green, Carlos Delgado era. Yes. Um, so that interviews in our backlog, go find it. It's for those of you who are newer to the channel, maybe you've joined in the last six months or so. I know we're boneheads, but it is wild. The amount of like high end talent that has sat down and chatted with us. We've talked with Pat Hankin. That was a really good one. You know, John Gibbons was such a fun interview sitting down with Shea even Hill like and brand went off the rails. Hill and brand. Shay Hill and Brand oh, gets right into the John Gibbons and him like face off and fight they had in the bullpen or uh, sorry in the our uh, clubhouse and yeah. just like how it all led up and his mental health state and how he went sideways and bought a zoo anyway Shay Hill and Brand <laughs> was another one that was crazy and while I mean while we're plugging interviews Mark Zepchinski was a really fun one too uh, some of you might remember him from back in 2008 to 2010 and then eventually he got traded to the Cardinals when they won the World Series. He was literally pitching in games in the World Series in 2011. Became a lefty specialist and his talk about just how baseball before they brought in the new rule where you got to face three batters had gotten so wonky in the bullpen because he was never a lefty specialist until he was. And then it was so hard to come back when the three batter rule came. Anyways, I don't want to spoil everything, but yeah, Mark Zepchinski, Shea Hillenbrand, John Gibbons, Pat Hankin, Sean Green. Just Check the them out. most Great interviews. interviews you would ever expect to see with like 400 views. Yes. Because <laughs> again, we don't know how to YouTube. So uh, apparently we know how to network, but that's about it. Okay, uh, moving on then. So on Twitter, 
I'm wondering this if this is from an enemy of the show. Is Trevor Cal at Trevor Calgary? Is this is this our no. Trevor? No. Oh. That's not our Trevor. That's not right. although Trevor Freeman. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. Hi, Trevor. Hope Different you're doing Trevor. well. Enemy yeah. of the show. Uh you're one of the all timers, buddy. Uh we gotta get Trevor on again. We do. For like we a do. long toss to just go off yeah. the rails and 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 bulldoze the whole conversation. Uh, I feel like we haven't talked to Trevor in way too long. I know he's it's been way had too uh, long. some health troubles, but uh, hopefully he's doing good and we can get back to talking ball. Okay. Um, so at Trevor Calgary, mm-hmm. this doesn't read in a way that makes sense to me. So 91 win pace now after four game W streak. Okay. I got that. Mm-hmm. We'll hit three games versus club versus Cubs this weekend. Should be lit. Jose to L O E. That's where I'm lost. Level of excellence. So what okay. he's talking about is this Cubs series coming up is going to be the big Jose Batista celebration. Right. And right, it, right. It, it took me a couple of reads to kind of he I'm like, he really made this as short as possible to try and get this, but I got what he's saying, but yeah, very big weekend coming up with Jose Batista being inducted to the level of excellence. So very cool there. Uh, Davis gave them a boost. Why not? Ryu looked sharp last night. Lots of positives. Come on back. Chad green. Lots of positives. I mean, a lot of positives, a lot of positives. And it's really funny how your win pace can be really changed by a four game winning streak. I mean, I predicted 93 wins to start this season. I said, you know what? They're going to beat 2021 and 2022. 2021, they won 91 games, didn't make the playoffs, made the playoffs last year in the wild card facing Seattle. We don't need to get into that. Just sad times. 92 wins. I predicted 93. Uh, They are on a pace now for 91. Everyone was panicking just a week ago, right? Only 87 people were screaming from the rooftop. This isn't a playoff team. Man, the amount of I like for the people who constantly every time there's two losses scream this team sucks and that they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, do you ever hear anyone walk this back? Because we deal with this nonstop, Adam. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you don't. Anyways, uh, they're looking like a playoff team. They keep going this way. Who knows? I mean, I'm I'm not uh, putting the division back into play quite yet, but I'm definitely not eliminating the craziness of the possibility they make the Orioles sweat a little. Uh, we're on a four-game winning streak. So are the Orioles, unfortunately. We are yeah. four games back of the Rays and seven games back of the Orioles. Yeah. Um, we're three and games- Seattle's been winning like crazy. Right, they're on a five-game winning streak. We're three games up on Seattle for that final uh, wild-card spot. Five games up on Boston. Five and a half up on the Yankees. Eight up on the Angels, who decided, let's go all in before we start our seven-game losing streak. Yeah. So, Angels just continuing to Angel out there in Anaheim. This Let's just say it. Is this last playoff spot ours to lose at this point? Oh, a hundred percent. I felt a, I felt like our grasp on it was a lot more tenuous even a week ago. 
like at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. But no, I would agree with that statement. Good, this good is our stroke. this is our playoff spot to lose. This is the that three game sweep against the Red Sox was uh, massive. So so needed to make up three to put three games between us and Boston as opposed to. I mean, the difference between a sweep and winning two one is like you're either one game ahead before you met or three. Or three. It's so massive. So, um, yeah, just absolutely I mean, massive. Jared Carabas, you know, one of the top content producers for the Boston Red Sox, he literally tweeted after that series. He's like, time of death, Boston Red Sox, you know, the end of the game time <laughs> just yep. jay's series and Pretty much, uh, yeah. it, it sure feels that way sure feels that way huge Hopefully. huge series win and sweep but, by the blue jays like you said uh don't look now but the mariners are hot on our coattails mm-hmm. okay let's get back to the mailbag uh so at kenzozo 27 on twitter says absolutely loved how baseball jen called out francona's annoying af uh, boys will be boys comment after that fight um, on long toss uh, stereotypes and gender roles harm all of us. And it's so nice to hear a strong and opinionated femme voice on these hashtag blue Jays podcasts. I mean, I missed long toss altogether, but Jen's a gem. Like yep. she freaking nails it time and time again. One of our biggest regulars on long toss. She's there almost every single week. She's ready to go when we need to bail. So (laughs) love having Jen tip of the hat her way. Always speaks her mind. Always provides a little different uh, breath, a little different direction, a little different, uh, you know, sentiment. And uh, we love her for it. Man, I Gotta say, I went down a rabbit hole of Google reading articles on is boys will be boys offensive just before we went live. Wild. Wild. A lot of people find it offensive. Yeah, Yeah. it's like it promotes rape culture and just I'm like... I try and be as progressive as I can, Scott, but I didn't have a problem with boys will be boys. And maybe that's my straight white male privilege showing. I don't know if we're getting our knickers in a knot and that's probably an offensive term too. Sorry for that one over the term boys will be boys when two people fight who happen to both be boys. You've lost me. Anyways, I love Jen. I, I have. I disagreed yeah, with her I, in the moment, but then the the conversation carried on, and I didn't want to backtrack to push back on it. Yeah, but yeah. That's what. That's a a bridge too far for me. I do get the idea of letting guys off the consequences. You know, like just being like, "Oh, don't worry about this shitty behavior. Boys will be boys." See, and this is where, like, I guess my pushback was: I didn't think that that's what that expression means like i i don't i think it's like well it's gonna happen i don't think it's gonna happen comma so don't worry about it like i don't think when terry francona said boys will be boys i don't think he was like please don't suspend jose ramirez because boys will be boys he was just like 
Well, honestly, dude, this is what society is today. You know, it's arguing over what it's arguing over what things mean and how they're interpreted more. I don't so even than know how actually... to talk anymore. This is why wow. I wanted to do a sports podcast more than anything else. I was like, we can't get canceled for talking sports. Oh, but, yes, we can. Well, yes, we can. Because. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. Let's... I'll be honest, dude. I'll be honest. When when Francona said that, I did go. Oh, why do you need to say that? Like, did you? Oh, I I, I it did stand. I out guess to me. I'm I don't too know. old. But honestly, dude, it didn't offend me. I was just like, I was just like, I don't know why he had to bring that into this whole thing. Like, it See, promotes locker room culture, which has been deemed toxic. I think is all it is. Anyways, we are way off the rails and don't need to go into this. But I do love. Jen providing a yes a, a different diverse voice a different perspective and love Jen to death. This okay, sorry. This is just where I get like it wrinkles my brain and I just have to do a hard reboot. As when we're like, we can't say boys will be boys because we're not supposed to like acknowledge gender roles and differences, and then comma love having jen's female voice on the show it's just like the hypocrisy of like what we're doing in the same breath makes my brain go i gotta shut down and restart this uh so i'm sorry it's just just, honestly dude it's the interpretation of boys will be boys like if you feel that that breaks down and is apologetic to like locker shitty locker room behavior and rape culture and all that of course it's offensive but if you view it as like just a throwaway line of like yeah sometimes dudes fight boys will be boys of course you're gonna so it's just like it's all an interpretation thing and whether it's perpetuating bad stereotypes or not frick there's smarter people out there to figure that out than you and i buddy well i do just want to go on the record and say regardless of my stance on language i am anti-rape yeah, well, I mean, frick. I don't think we need to say that, but yes, agree. Well, just sometimes you got to clarify. Anyways, let's move on to something less controversial. Quicker, quicker. We should have uh, moved on quicker. Moved on quicker. Okay, so the next one comes in from B. Welch tweeted at us and said, what are your thoughts on Trevor Bauer? I'm just kidding. That's not the next topic. Uh, don't worry, Scott. We're not going there. Uh, so I enjoyed your interview with Davis. Great job. You certainly prepare well for such interviews. Keep on introducing us to minor leaguers. It's a real treat. We absolutely will. Love chatting with these guys that are toiling away in the minors, working their butts off in professional baseball, chasing their dream. You got to respect it. You got to love it. I know we've got Chad Dallas uh, in the can right now. That's an interview we'll be putting out ASAP. He's a double-A pitcher that has made huge strides this year. Uh, we are going to continue to reach out to these guys and, uh, yeah, no, appreciate the kind words there. And it's funny that he says that you definitely prepare for these interviews because we do prepare for these mostly interviews. Scott, mostly Scott prepares. It's a team effort. My buddy. level of involvement is talking you off the ledge at midnight the day before. And you're like, ooh, do you think this is a good, ooh, I hope this is, I'm like, dude, relax. You've got my voice down anyways. <laughs> boys will be boys. It's just my. All right. Okay, so uh, next one then, we'll end on this, comes from Discord. So Ron from Toronto says, Angel's so bad. 
they make the mistake of not trading Shohei at the deadline, even though the writing was all over the wall. Uh, they trade from their already depleted farm system to get Giolito and then lose five straight, update, lose seven straight, uh, sitting at exactly 500. I think they're below 500 now. They're about to lose Shohei for nothing but a compensatory mm-hmm. draft pick and a few more months of Shohei-related ticket sales, ad rev, and merch. Yeah, honestly, dude, I can't think of more of a mess when it comes to a front office than the Los Angeles Angels over the last decade. What they have continued to do, I mean, the huge mistake they made with Albert Pujols going all in on him when he was 31 years old, handcuffed them for a decade. I mean, winning the bid to get Shohei Otani and then not be able to build around literally the greatest player to ever play the game. And I don't give a shit anymore. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You can argue all you want. You can bring up Babe Ruth and all that crap. I don't care. Shohei Otani, like, give me a break. If you if you watch, like, and I, I, I honestly didn't even talk this way even a year ago. But, like, how many years do you need to see him be the best pitcher and the best hitter and not eventually start to give him some credit? Like, what the Angels have... have Failed to do with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. The fact that they had the ability to literally restock the entire farm. They could have turned this franchise around just by moving Shohei. And I don't even know if it would have hurt their chances to bring him back. If anything, they could be like, listen, we still have Mike Trout. We still have the ability to go out there. We're going to spend big on pitching. We promise we're going to be a luxury tax team. Look at the... Paul, we got for you when you left for two months. You still love the West Coast, right? Look at the time zone. Ooh, Pacific time zone. You know, like you think that there'd be a sales pitch there that would be better than just once again emptying any last bit of their farm they had for Randall Grishik and CJ Cron. Like, I, I, I don't even know what to say about the Angels. Ron from Toronto sums it up beautifully. I forget how, exactly how he started it, but something along the lines of the angels are a mess. And yes, they are. Yeah. Uh, angels so bad. Very efficient. Angels with their so words. bad. Yes. Angels very so efficient. Um, Shohei related ticket sales and ad rev. Um, funny thing is, I don't know how much ad revenue they actually get from Shohei Otani because like Toronto, the Blue Jays, Sportsnet, it's all the same conglomeration. Uh, the Angels don't also own their TV broadcast. Um, oh, really? Yeah, in 2011, they signed a deal with Fox Sports for 20 years at $3 billion. Um, So Fox Sports gets... I mean, the benefit of whatever showing Angels games and selling ads based on the fact that uh, Shohei Otani is a thing. But that, What's hilarious? No trickle down like now to that, the Angels. No, now that Shohei's leaving, I'm sure even Fox is like, oh, why did we sign this 20-year deal with the Angels? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was back when they had uh, Albert Pujols yeah. brought in, and, yeah. and Mike Trout was the, the hottest thing since sliced bread. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, Angels so bad. Put it nicely. It's really it's really disappointing to see them face plant 
organization well, like Faceplant. It 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 is what it is. I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe Shohei will go to a team that makes the playoffs, and then Fox will get to show a World Series game with Shohei Otani in it, and they'll be laughing. So, wouldn't that be nice? Good luck to Fox and Disney. I know they're having a hard time. <laughs> oh, our hearts break for them right now, but hopefully it all works out. Hopefully, get back uh, on your feet, kid. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up there, buddy. This has been Mailbag. Thank you so much, everybody, for all your comments and interaction over the last week. We really do appreciate it. Obviously, hit that like and subscribe button if you've yet to do so. Uh, All of our audio listeners, a tip of the hat your way. We really do appreciate it. If you are a YouTube viewer and would like to just help the channel out, going on to whatever platform you would get your audio podcast at and and hit and subscribe there is always a, a nice little help for the channel so uh feel free to do that and patreon it is uh, the walk-off right buddy there's that at the front of it uh, let's have a quick peek patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast there you go the walk-off podcast slash patreon every little bit helps we do appreciate we've almost got 100 members at this point so thank you very much to everyone who is a member of the patreon again that includes instant access to all of our interviews, uh, the Patreon bump for the mailbag, MLB and just Mondays. our undying love, <laughs> and MLB Mondays every single Monday. That's there right. All right, everybody. We will see you on uh, Friday. A reminder, tomorrow we are releasing our Jay Jackson interview from last week. He gets in-depth about everything Blue Jays and his, his, uh, his son, he updates us on where his family's at at this point and, of course, the the stretch run and this playoff push. So that's out tomorrow. We'll see you all Friday. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk-Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.